0: Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jake Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Langdon DeMent, Global EHS Advisor at EvoTix, and Julian Taylor, Director of Sales Enablement at EvoTix, about ensuring safe operations throughout your business. This episode is sponsored by EvoTix. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Langdon DeMent, EvoTix's Global EHS Advisor, and Julian Taylor, EvoTix's Director of Sales Enablement. Enablement and uh, also the host of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety, a uh, great podcast. Welcome, gentlemen, to uh, EHS On Tap.
1: Thanks, Jay. Thanks for inviting me. Thank us. you. Great to be here. Uh,
0: we're going to talk about a couple of things today, but uh, before we get into that, I was wondering if you guys, even though you've been on the show before, if you could talk a little bit about yourselves. Um, Langdon, why don't you start us off? Give us a little backgrounder.
2: Sure. So, uh, Langdon, I've been in um, health and safety for t- for over 13 years now. I've worked with global organization and then um, as a health and safety site manager and then also a consultant and then worked for an, uh, an insurance company doing risk services. And then here at EvoTex as, uh, as a global EHS advisor, helping from kind of consulting to to uh, some product, to a lot of, of our thought leadership and actually talking health and safety so it's it's a pleasure to
1: pleasure to be here all right my fellow julian. bald guys here too though <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah as, as jay said my name is julian taylor um you can probably tell by the accent that i'm, I'm based on the other side of the pond um tennessee so we so we are a truly glo- we are a truly global podcast yeah, yeah tennessee and um yeah and um i suppose my background uh, whilst not being directly in 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 safety i've always been sort of in industries that are are, are absolutely associated to safety so um for a long time i worked for one of the largest ppe suppliers in the uk um uh, before coming to to in its previous guise and i've been with Evertix for a long time now Mm. um and and a a key part of uh, i suppose my role at Evertix has been that sort of thought leadership piece, that educational piece, around actually what's important in safety, what's, what's what's happening in safety, what can we change? And I think it's a really, one of the things I love about the podcast is we can get some great guests on there and actually we can start to make safety interesting for a start so we can get people in, interested in safety, but also start to think about, and is laughing at me there because, because actually safety is so often seen as this dull, boring thing. And what we want to do is change that dialogue. Um, And also we want to attract attract uh, a younger generation into safety and start to think about what's the future for safety how can we how can we keep evolving it and keep making it better and also make it an integral part of 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 businesses rather than this separate thing that sits over at the side somewhere and and gets considered just when it needs to be Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and you've been doing the podcast for a while now you've got over 200 episodes correct
1: Got a lot. I'm I'm not sure it's 200, but got a lot. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there there was an original ball guy. I'm actually an imposter, Jay. There there was an original ball guy. Um, and, 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 um, he moved on and, and they were looking for somebody else who was follically challenged and, and <laughs> I just happened to be hanging around. So they dragged me into the conversation. Yeah. It's worked out,
2: though. It was the, you know, it was the Wild West back then. I mean, things were crazy and we really got structured when Jules came on. So it helped. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we needed more clarity. There you go. Um,
0: Well, let's talk uh, about some a couple of uh, safety topics. Um, yeah. Starting off, uh, let's talk about safe operations. W- what does safe operations really mean? And, you know, what does that sort of entail versus, you know, sort of the traditional uh, safety culture um, conversation?
2: Do you want me to start, Jules?
1: I'll let you Can start, start and, th- and then I'll put you right.
2: That's right. I don't <laughs> – and he knows what, probably what I'm about to say. I don't like safety culture. I mean, I'm – been fortunate i've done a lot of um, webinars a lot of uh, work together presentations honestly just a lot of consulting work as well over the last however many years and i don't like safety culture and it's not a it's not because i think it's necessarily fully wrong i like the principle behind it but i think we get caught up in that and there's not many organizations that have safety culture. You got a, you have a ton of cultures in your organization. Um, and I think whenever we think about it from where does health and safety fit, it, you don't have a safety culture. Uh, you can have six different cultures and health and safety is one of them. And where does that kind of play a role? So for me, when we first started, I know Jules and I've done a lot around safe operations, whether it be presentations, whether it be on a podcast, That's something we've tried to promote more at at Evotex and just in general, uh, because I think it's when you start really ingraining health and safety in all aspects of an organization, whether it is the business, whether it is the financing. I mean, you can always think safe operations, because if I do the job and everyone is able to go home healthy and safe, they come back healthy and safe, we're able to conduct the job, everything goes fine. We've embedded safe operations within it. So, you know, for me, it's just truly embedding health and safety in all aspects of the business versus a, quote unquote, safety culture. When what about tomorrow when your numbers are down and you've got a productivity, you know, so that that's my that's my perception. Jules, were you?
1: I, I, I'm absolutely aligned to my to my bald friend here. Um, and united. And- um, I I, I'm, I remember when this first kind of clicked with me which was which was a few years ago now and I was actually in New Zealand of all places and I got talking to this 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 safety guy over there and he got really really sort of het up about this and he said well everyone stop talking about safety culture and at first I'm thinking what are you talking about it's where are you going with this but what he absolutely what he said just just made just inherent sense Jay which was you can you can have and, and what we see all the time i've seen it thousands of times is you go and talk to an organization and you've got this small group of people in the safety team trying to build a safety culture yeah, yeah. but but actually if if it, it will always lose out to business culture and if the business culture is pushing in a different direction safety culture loses it, it, it's just inherent yeah. it's just a, it's just it's like a newton's law of, of of gravity it's just a. It's a it's a law that will always apply safety culture will always lose out to business culture so actually what we've got to do is we've got to influence business culture um and that's where sort of safe operations comes from um so rather than talking about things separately we, we 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 make it one thing um and if you think about leadership i i love talking about leaderships because i think it's just it's for me it's one of the top of the pops in terms of if you get that right you've got a chance yeah If leadership in your organisation, Langdon's touched upon it already, talks about production, production, production. What are people going to focus on? They're going to focus on how do we get stuff out the door as quickly as possible? Yeah. Yeah. If leadership talks about safe production, safe production, safe production. They'll think about how do I do this in a safe way to get stuff out the door? Yeah. Um. And that's a really simplistic way of describing it, but that's the principle behind it. We um, we had a really we were having a conversation yesterday, um, and we were talking about JHAs, weren't we, Langdon? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had a bit of a, a light bulb moment, Joe, where I thought actually we should take the H out of JHAs, and actually just make it job analysis. Yeah, but job analysis could then include things like quality. It could include things like production values. It could include Safety as well, but actually, it doesn't become a safety document it's 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 a job document, but the job document should just inherently include safety, yeah, um and I think it's 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 trying to promote this slightly different way of thinking where we if safety is this thing that sits separately on the side, there's always the danger that it won't get done yeah, yeah? yeah. or it or it will get forgotten because something else is more important.
0: got to have it sort of ingrained right from the top and in yeah. everything you do
1: mm-hmm. and, I, and
2: you know i think to that it's all really that's what it boils down to it's i'm throwing a curve here a little bit but it we're trying to and i think a lot A lot are right you know there's a lot of people out there who are you know especially on the human organizational performance really thinking about what that looks like you know you you have so many other focuses quote unquote that we're trying to look at while still managing all the same old same old that we have every year from a health and safety perspective but our safe operations thought or mindset whatever you want to say it's really just trying to think differently for health and safety that, that's really what it what it boils down to it's where can we focus to think differently to understand that we're still having you know stuff still happening so how can we ensure that when it does happen it's done to acceptable levels i mean really that's what it kind of
1: boils down and, to and i think another really key part of it jay is is sort of touching on that is thinking differently is 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 getting away from that very traditional situation of you've got yeah. You've got this core safety team who've got this focus on trying to keep people safe. And, and and actually, it's challenging. It's really challenging for the safety teams, because what they've got to do is they've got to get senior leadership on board. And they've got to get senior leadership behaving yeah. differently. Yeah, they've got to yeah. get the em- broader employee groups on board and behaving differently. Um, we've just literally come off a call where we were talking to a, a, a car manufacturer, auto manufacturer. And, and talking there about, actually, we were talking about risk management and saying he, he was really clear, which is risk management is not for the safety people to do. Risk management is for the employees to do. And we're there to coach them and to help them. Well, that's a very different mindset to the traditional one. And it takes a bit of effort to be able to get there. Um, and, and I suppose I, I tell the story all the time about there was a guy I used to talk to. um, good guy and he and he very proudly told me yeah our, our senior leadership are really bought into safety yeah Langdon knows what's coming because he's laughing yeah <laughs> um but and, and this guy said and he made it he made that claim that we've heard thousands of times before which is safety is our number one priority went, okay that's that's really good to hear i said um how often just out of interest how often do you report to senior leadership on safety and 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 he said once a month. I said, okay, that's interesting. I said, and what do you report on? Incidents and near misses. So I said, okay, that's really interesting. I said, um, just out of interest, what are the other really important metrics that you have in your business? And he said, customer satisfaction. I said, okay, that's good. How often do you report to senior leadership on customer satisfaction? And he said, yeah, probably two, three times a week. So, So I said, right. I said, "What I'm going to suggest is you go and call." I, I don't know whether I can cuss on this on this on this <laughs> webinar or not. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: said, I mean, I, "Go for
1: it." <laughs> I, I said, "I suggest you go and call bullshit on your senior leadership team, and 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 tell them actually, their number one priority is is actually customer satisfaction. It's not safety. Um, and and part of this shift to safe operations requires a shift in terms of the way we communicate with people." So actually, we've got to get away from that classic, classic situation, which we've all heard a thousand times of, yeah, we do a monthly report. It goes to the board once a month and it's about incidents and near misses. Because if you do that, how often in, realistically, Jay, are people thinking about safety? Once a month. Once a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, and they're just trusting the people below them are actually thinking yeah. about it a bit more often. But actually, the, the 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 drive to think about it more often comes from those guys, yeah, those people at the top. So actually, we've got to start by educating them and, and behaving differently with them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so looking at it from that mindset, uh, what are some crucial aspects to consider as organizations move forward?
2: Yeah, to me, and we both have hit on it. Really, it's. You know, every year they always, you have trends, you have top trends. I know, uh, Verdantix puts out their emerging trend. I don't know what it's called something top. And I I feel like what, what we are seeing, you know, everybody, the buzzword's been ESG. I don't want to talk ESG. I think it's, I, I honestly think it's about to slightly fall back some. Um, and I, I, to me and that's just because the ESG some of the the higher organizations are bigger they put more they put a heavy focus on it so I'm not saying it's you know I'm all about helping all um you know all aspects of whether well, environment and you know helping others I'm all for that but I just think from a work true workplace health and safety when we think about it to me you still have serious incidents going up you know we've seen We've seen a reduction in non-fatal, you know, whether whether it's here in the states or in the UK or honestly in any, uh, what I'll say is maybe forward progressing uh, country. We've seen a reduction in incidents, so we're doing well, but we're still are kind of plateauing. We are now having to figure out how can we incorporate more of infectious diseases in that discussion, what that looks like, but we're still having serious injuries. So for me, uh, you know, a couple of things, serious injuries, fatalities, and Jules and I talk about this. I know I'm kind of speaking for him, too. I'll let him throw in. But then something we've been on the precipice of for a while is that mental health and the Mm -hmm. wellness aspect. You know, and I think Jules and I can get very good perception on this but because different areas. He's in the UK. I'm in the States. That is a challenge wherever you are. But i th- i see that jules what are your thoughts i know you and i've talked about it a lot but from a uk perspective us it's there but how we manage it uh, what are yours from a uk
1: well I, I, I wonder whether we've got enough time to talk talk about all of this stuff it's, uh, <laughs> the <top> um, level. <laughs> yeah i mean we, we were talking again talk talking talking through this and and, and we talk about health and safety, don't we? And, and we it's almost we talk about it as two different entities. So we're going to mm-hmm. deal with health. We're going to deal with safety. And, and and the more you stop and think about it, actually, the two things just interlink. Yeah. Particularly when we start thinking about the sort of mental health side of things. Yeah. Um, because actually, if people come into work in the wrong mindset and it doesn't need to be some kind of serious mental issue, it can be just that something's going on in their personal life that distracts them they come into work not focused on doing things in the safest possible way Yeah? yeah so inherently what we've got to i think one of the things we should be starting to do globally is to say right how do we how do we look after our people in terms of that mental health side of things more effectively yeah how do we help how do we understand whether they're in a good place or not because actually that not being in a good place naturally can affect whether people have incidents um yeah and then again the two things interlink because actually if there are incidents you've got then the long-term ramifications in terms of mental health as a result of the incident yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah. um so the two things are absolutely intertwined and uh, again it brought it home to me we, we we had a guest speaker at an event that we went to and this was a guy who who'd fallen off off a roof when he was when he was sort of in construction and he was in a wheelchair and he's never going to walk again um and and he, he he absolutely said the the thing that really hit me was he said I came into work that day my marriage was breaking up and I had so much other stuff on my mind actually that's why I didn't do my job in the safest possible way yeah so I think I think it's a challenging one is to say right okay how do we start to get better at looking after people's mental well-being because it inherently affects safety yeah um and 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 I think almost aligning to that because I think in some businesses when we we talk about health and safety there's a negative perception of it because it's just seen as a cost yeah it's seen as this just costs us money to do this. And I think the other thing we've got to get better at when we start to think about how we move this conversation on is starting to show that actually safety adds value. So actually, how does safety. As a as a part of your business, actually contribute towards success. Yeah, because the reality is the the really pragmatic reality is when you go and talk to senior leadership in a, in a business and ask them to invest in safety. yeah um they look at they look at numbers yeah and 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 senior leadership in most organizations we we just can't get away from the fact of why are they there they're there to be successful and to make money yeah Yeah. um and actually if we can start to show that safety contributes to that you're more likely to get that buy-in to say we'll invest in in things like um sort of processes to improve well-being we'll invest in better systems for safety yeah um, and, and the reality is, if you stop and think about it in really simple ways, Jay, think about a manufacturing organisation as a starting point, yeah? Um, what do we want to achieve in a manufacturing organisation? We, we want to get goods out the door, don't we? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? So good safety contributes to getting goods out the door because actually it means that we, we maintain uptime. We don't have to stop production because we're having incidents, yeah? actually if, if we have a safe environment people want to work there people feel good about it they want to work there so we can attract the right employees yeah and the right employees do a better job for us so we actually produce better goods yeah so this we. i think it's a really long winded answer but i'm saying it's about people but actually investing in people and to invest in people we've got to recognize that there's a value to that yeah
0: and i i think uh you know typically in the past, you know, the argument was made, well, you know, you're going to save so much money because people aren't, you know, injuries cost money, you know, you're time yeah. out of work, yeah. but I don't know, I don't know how much that really uh, translates to leadership, but, you know, if you can kind of come at it where, you know, Production will be better if people are healthier and safer. Yeah. That actually makes sense, or at least yeah. you know, not that the other argument doesn't make sense, yeah. but it's I think it hits the bottom, you know, the bottom line a little more, uh, and, and maybe that's the you know that's the approach you've got to take.
1: Well, I'm I'm a cynical Brit, Jay, um, and I and I'm from the north of England, so I can be really cynical. There um, you go. And 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 the cynical part of me looks at something like ESG and says it's just the latest fad. Yeah, it's just yeah. the latest fad, but actually. I don't think it's going to go away very quickly because I think there's legislation coming in that's driving yeah. people to have to do it. But actually, I I also think it's a good thing because actually what it means is that your customers are demanding that you do things in the right way. So, so for example, that manufacturing business that we use as an example, their customers will be saying, demonstrate to us actually your approach to ESG. Mm-hmm. and safety is just an integral part of that so actually again it starts to say to senior leadership actually there's a value to doing this because it helps us to win business and it helps us to maintain business and it might sound really sort of harsh but that's the realities of life isn't it um but if it drives better safety it's a good thing that's yeah. that's my view on it
2: yeah uh, you know and i think I kind of shifting for a minute uh, We're in a challenge because whatever it is, uh, you know, thinking about it from, I want to, I am going to hit on CIFs in a minute, but I think, I think from the mental health side, thinking about that, it's complicated, right? Because we have been, we've, we've experienced the C word, which covid it added so much. Glad to, you clarified that. Yeah, I yeah, thought I should. Yeah, yeah. No, I do that all the time, yeah, but it just hit yeah. me. You know, Jay might not know our yeah. C word. Um, yeah. But there's something to what it did, meaning it, it put a needed light on infection control, on exposure control that organizations said they had, but really yeah, it's pretty loose. Um, so it put a needed focus on that. It then started to you saw people putting more focus, especially in the States on mental health, on the yeah. wellness aspect, you know, uh, NIOSH did the total worker health years ago and really thinking about that. And it's kind of, it hadn't, it got steam, but it, I mean, you know how Americans are. Um, it's my business. Don't worry about it. But I think <laughs> we started really trying to incorporate. I know you when I was at UL, uh, former boss was part of the inter- integration of health and safety, what Bill was talking about earlier, and really thinking about that, uh, the institute of where does all that play a role, and I used to do presentations on thinking about why does health and safety matter in the workplace, and just to the scenarios, because if I get hurt at work, that's going to directly impact what I do at home. I remember doing an assessment, working with a guy, and they uh, they were, I don't remember what you call it, but uh, they had 10 hours, they were productivity-based, they had 10 hours to do the job, but if they finished in five hours, whatever, he he got, he got to go home and watched him, and I mean, it was just, you know, we had a good conversation, then I watched him, and he was, whether it was ergonomics or just kind of hustling, I mean, he was working hard, but he was ready to get home, you could tell, and we started talking, we had a little kid, uh, a young child at home, he was, you know, excited to be able to get the job done, he just wanted to go home, and get that. Uh, and I think that's very fair. But in doing so, he was putting some of his workplace, you know, principles or whatever you want to call best best practices kind of to the curb. Mm. So for him, we just started talking. What happens when you get injured? What does that do to the home life? Well, you know, if you if you are injured, you're back. You're able to pick your child up. Well, I don't know. You know, so thinking of that correlation, and then also what happens at home, how does that impact the workplace? Same way with the community. What does that look like? So we see so many different attributes play a role, whether it is straight safety that then impacts the health, but even the mental health side, we think about who handles that at work. How do we look at that? And that's a whole nother slippery slope, because in Mm. the States, for the most part, the health and safety professional, they're not going to manage that's, that's HR that's others. Yeah. But okay. then we have to understand how does, how can I work with HR to be able to recognize that someone is ready to actually start the job in the safest manner, in the healthiest manner possible, whether that is your physical health and safety or whether that is the mental because as, as Joel said, how often have we, I mean, I know I have, have young kids, um, come to work just tired you know running on two hours of sleep right. or if was, there's stress or i was just going to say that plays a role the sleep the
0: sleep factor is huge you know wow. setting aside even if it's you know you don't have any major crises going on at home if you're not getting yeah. enough sleep you're not going to do a good job at work especially if you're operating yeah. heavy machinery or something that requires
1: precision mm-hmm. there's, um, there's, there's a real, there's a really really famous incident in the uk um and it was um, it was actually a, a derailment of a train. And um, and it was a guy who was actually driving along the motorway. And you look at the freak circumstances of this. And he fell asleep at the wheel, came off the motorway, and his car went off the road and ended up on the train track. Oh, jeez. And the train hit the tr- train hit the car. And there were several people killed in this incident. Um, and actually the, what the investigation found out was this guy had been at home he'd been his, his marriage had split up and he'd been chatting to people on the internet until four o'clock in the morning and then he'd literally had a couple of hours of sleep and then got in his car to drive to work and the incident happens so things like that it's things like that it's like you say somebody who's sleep deprived operating operating heavy machinery is not going to be safe yeah,
2: yeah. And we're also going into. I mean, let's don't go down. I'm not gonna go down that road. But just to throw it out, we also are in a interesting time because you have a we have a massive age gap in the workforce. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So you have the younger populations. It's probably more. I mean, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Probably more open to getting that help, and and yep. as they should yeah. be, the mental health. I think definitely should be. Let's talk about. It. Then you have the old, the older workforce that sometimes that's a challenge, right? So we're just talking about mental health, but so now as a safety professional, as your, as your workforce, we have to figure out how can we manage both sides of that dial from the younger to the older, people are still working as long as possible. And we have to figure out how to, how to manage both of those when it comes to that. And I think, you know, I like to be the, the opposite of Jules sometimes when he talks leadership, Um, to me it's frontline, but it's, it's right. There's the fluid leadership has to figure out how can we work with both of these parties on various levels of cognizance maybe is the best way to say that. And you have to get the frontline workers. How do we hit each one of those differently so that they meet leadership and understanding the importance? And I just, I think, I guess maybe, I don't know what, to rally it around i think that there is something to the that's why there's a huge focus that's going to just keep on blossoming from that mental health because it's a challenge and how do we mitigate such various degrees and i i don't know the answer but i do see that being pretty
1: pretty pertinent honestly but i think you you touched on it didn't you as well it's that piece of actually we don't work in isolation, health and safety can't yeah. work in isolation, they've got to work with the HR teams for example to say right what do we do? So i mean, yeah. talking about things like assistant, assistance programmes um, but even I mean as a business, our business, once a quarter we, we have a Friday once a quarter where we actually say it's a wellness day and the entire business shuts down and everybody is and it's mandatory, it's not a case of of actually if you're too busy you're going to work it's yeah. a mandatory thing where which is enforced to say shut your laptop shut your computer stop working and go and rest your head and actually we just need just to that, figure out how to tell the rest of our families that yeah 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 i I failed miserably because actually i was i was on an airplane back from australia on the last last uh, wellness day so but uh but it's again it's It's it doesn't have to be rocket science, Jay. It can be simple little things where we actually say, Let's put people first. Because actually if we keep people healthy and well, they're gonna they're gonna repay that in terms of what they what they do for us. Yeah.
0: And and if you're the health and safety professional, I mean you've got to really pay attention to your workforce. You can't just sort of wait for them to come to you with their problems, right? You've got to keep an eye out for those warning signs because a lot of times (laughs) bless you, a lot of times people don't want to come forward with that stuff they you know they want to they don't want anybody knowing their business and they're just going to keep pushing through so you've yeah. got to talk to them
1: yeah and and, and again you talk about what, what should what should safety professionals be doing and you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is is that sort of walking the floor and, and and coaching um and there's a phrase phrase here which we talk about visible felt leadership which i, I love that phrase which is actually just senior leadership being out there and walking the floor as well um but actually part of that is you, you're actually looking at people and seeing people mm. and knowing people and actually starting to, to see the signs so actually yeah. start to see the signs if somebody's not at the top of their game yeah
0: yeah whether it's taking shortcuts like you like you mentioned Langdon or, yeah. or you know even just you can see somebody kind of, you know, nodding off a little bit, or, yeah. or you know, yeah, just yeah. not—they don't have the energy that they normally have. I, I guess there's, you know, things to watch for. Um, yeah. you where know, you can see that somebody's not quite, you know, they're yeah. a little bit off. So you, then, then yeah. you got to kind of, you know, and I, I guess it's like you—you you don't necessarily think you're in there as a as a counselor, but you you want to, you know, find out how these people are doing and see what's going yeah. on, right?
1: I watch the craziest. I love camaraderie, not- Jules. <laughs> camaraderie there you go he, he gets the word in every time jay so
0: another c word
1: yeah yeah that's, that's a better <laughs> one though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um I, I was gonna say i watched i watched it's just crazy the things you watch on youtube these days isn't it but i watched a youtube video um this week where it was actually a driving instructor in the uk and he was talking about he was going to be doing two two hours driving lessons with with twin brothers so one twin brother then the next twin brother. And he said he ended up cancelling the first lesson after 10 minutes and not doing the second lesson. And he said, I'll show you why. Um, really interesting because you think, actually, this is gr- this is great observational skills. And and he said these, these, these kids are normally quite chatty and bubbly and talking to them as they're going through their lesson. And he said he noticed very quickly that they were quite withdrawn. They weren't talking. There was not a lot happening and actually the conversation he had a conversation with the first one and they'd literally just come back from holiday and they'd landed back in the UK at 1 a.m. in the morning yeah. um and they'd been partying in Ibiza for a week yeah <laughs> um and and his view was actually they're not mentally in the right place to be doing a 2 hour driving lesson yeah so but but it's exactly the same in the workplace, isn't it? It's it's actually if you're close enough to people and you know them, you can actually make that observation to say actually they're not behaving the way they normally behave here. Right. Maybe I'll go and have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, you've
0: got yeah. to pay attention to to those kinds of cues. You can't just yeah. sort of, you know, swoop in every so often and you know, right. give them some uh, some you... tips on working better. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to actually <laughs> talk to them.
1: Well, the, 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 other, the other part of that, Jay, is you've, you, as with anything, you've, you've got to build a, a, a relationship of trust, mm-hmm. yeah? And that doesn't come from trying to tick a box and swoop in every so often. It just doesn't work, yeah? It's, it's about that regular interaction where you actually build up that relationship and that trust with somebody so actually they will open up to you, yeah? Mm-hmm. And plus, the other part of it, Jay, is what's the reaction when you do see something? Because if the reaction is a negative reaction, they'll never trust you again, right. and the, and their colleagues will never trust you again. Yeah, we don't want to go down the blame cycle. We only have a certain no, no, problem. no, no, no. So yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you know is is this sort of does change management kind of uh, fit into mm-hmm. you know sort of these these processes as you're sort of you know uh, looking at you know safe operations versus <laughs> safety culture.
2: Uh. I mean, I think so. It's one of those to me, you know, and everything we've just alluded to really goes even on the SIF potential, you know, serious injury fatality. I think it kind of goes to that, but the, even that aspect. So, what we focus on, you know, if you're not mentally prepared to do the job, in a lot of cases, you're not, that means you're not prepared for your start work. You know, we we talk stop work, but start work, we, I think we think about it high level, but we, we don't understand be. the true focus of what that means that i'm actually ready to oh, start yeah, the you. job can you hear me
1: i can hear you can you hear me now Yeah, you're, okay. you're back all okay. oh, right okay um, <laughs> yeah. okay
2: so i don't know that we really the teams. Yeah. Mm. I, get you. I don't know how often we think about truly those that start work and you know understanding that if anything you talk about, any new process you put in place, you know, thinking about incidents that you've had, near misses, whatever, how do we categorize hazards? How do we categorize incidents? Thinking that a fall from a ladder, is that a fall from a ladder? Or is that actually a fall from a ladder that there was rocks, there was rebar maybe underneath me? That's a potential serious. So to me, all these aspects, when we think about where do we put focus, it's because there is there's a lot of serious stuff that can happen you know jules gave a couple of scenarios there that you know that person from the mental health side what happened of them you know lack of sleep because of familial situations going on led to a serious incident not just an incident but a, a serious one you know so you start thinking all these little pieces that when the when the puzzle piece gets together it creates a nasty situation and that's i, I mean I think anytime we talk health and safety, it, it is a honestly, it's a change management. It, any new process that comes into place. I mean, you're we're having to have discussions on what are different perspectives of what we want to plan, what we want to implement, and what does that look like. And it it all always is going to boil down to change management because it, I can come up with some of the greatest processes in the world, the greatest programs in the world, but actually getting those implemented is a whole different scenario and then once they are implemented actually getting everyone bought in not just leadership not just frontline but getting everyone then you have yeah i mean it's we're having to get everyone kind of changing the way they've historically thought even with the safe operation you know i can remember having conversations with some global organizations that we all know and i Years ago, I was like, I don't like safety culture, and I remember getting reprimanded during a presentation. And they kept going, and finally, I was like, Let's this, maybe we should discuss this later. um Come up to me after it's over, and and it's because of that's change management. You're changing the perception, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying you know whoever's wrong or right, but it's it's a different way to look at it, and it's because we have to think differently. Because if we if we don't improve, if we don't try to shift. You know what happens redundancy sets in i mean tiger woods give my golf person my golf scenario i I can't think other than like roger federer some of the michael jordan the greatest that have ever played a sport they were willing to make changes on things you know tiger he always he would change his golf swing and he just won major why because he wanted to be the best and continue to be the best and he saw a need for a change I don't think we can be different because as soon as we, as safety professionals or as internal organizations, as soon as we have that same mindset of complacency, uh, I think we're going to start to fall to the wayside a little bit. That's my thought. I think, Joel's is smiling. He's like, I agree, yeah.
1: Langdon. You're great. Well, I agree, Langdon. You're great. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 I think there's that really important sort of mindset of of, of actually change is just continual um but actually what we should think about is how do we manage that effectively and who do we include in that and all too often it's happening at a higher level and and doesn't include all the people who should be involved so actually the people who know most about the job which is the people doing the job so i think i think hey we've got to create a culture of including people, and and, and and part of that is I heard a phrase today which I hadn't heard before, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to become one of those phrases that is used in business, which is everboarding. So this concept of actually not just and, – and I really like this because I've got this beer in my bonnet about we onboard people, particularly around safety, and then we just assume they've got it. Right. And, and, and actually the, the concept of everboarding is we're continually – refreshing people and retraining them and I think that's a really important concept is is we keep training people we keep educating people we keep making sure that, that they're focused on it um, but when you think about change management as well it doesn't always need to be great big things If we think about as a safety professional how can I keep getting better I think this the concept of marginal gains is brilliant which is my sporting analogy because I'm, I'm a cyclist and Team GB with the cycling, they took this approach of actually we want to improve 100%, but we're going to do it in 1% increments. Yeah. So we'll find 100 things that we can improve by 1% to, to make us better. And I think, again, safety, it doesn't need to be big things. OK, you can look at your organisation and say, right, where can we make these small changes that will make a difference? Yeah, um, and, and that's a really good approach to take. And I mean, pre Beijing Olympics, British cycling was nowhere. And then over the last several Olympics, British cycling has has mopped golds up every single time. But they cut, they can't stop. It's, it's interesting. We 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 had we had a gold medal cyclist on our on our podcast, and that was the really key thing. Was you can't stop because people catch up. Yeah? yeah. So you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep looking at what's the next thing. Yeah.
0: And you're never going to be perfect there's always going to be never. something that can be improved yeah. or you yeah. know adjusted or whatever so yeah. yeah yeah but it's a yeah it's a it's a good approach to it so, yeah. instead of trying to like all right we need to get 100 percent better you know yeah that's that's, that's pretty uh, daunting but uh yeah, yeah you can kind and, of make it more yeah. realistic yeah.
1: and going back to the sleep analogy that that was a really interesting one for them because they said actually we're going to tour the world to go to cycling events you put people in hotels on different mattresses and pillows, they don't sleep, so they don't perform mm-hmm. well. So actually one of the one percents was they took their own pillows and mattresses. Ah. So actually it's when like they were own to
2: mattresses?
1: Bed, Jeez. So they used to say so,
2: tiger tiger did that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. so actually they got a good night's sleep so they could perform as optimally as, as possible. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Well Inter- I mean yeah. As someone who slept on a on a bad hotel mattress about a month and a half ago, I can tell you it does it does mess your night up. So uh, I can definitely uh, I can relate to that one. Well, guys, uh, I think I feel like we could talk about this uh, these topics for another two hours, but uh, we don't have that much time. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today, uh, everybody. Listen to uh, two bald guys talking safety. You can find it at evatix.com and i and sure anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, Langdon and Julian, thanks so much.
1: Jake, great Thanks, to, Jay. to speak as always, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. That wraps up episode 173 of EHS On Tap. Thanks again to Eva Tix for sponsoring this week's episode. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time.